Hey there, Lions fans. Today, what we're going to do is we are going to compare and contrast the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Detroit Lions. See you after the jump. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. The reasons for this comparison are simple. At the end of the 2021 season, the Jacksonville Jaguars drafted number one, and the Detroit Lions drafted number two. Seemingly, that would mean that they were in a very similar place in terms of the development of their franchise. I don't actually think that's anywhere near true. I think the job that has been done by Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell required significantly more effort than what the Jacksonville Jaguars for a couple of reasons and go over right now. Basically, at the end of that season, they were at the same spot, but how they got there was vastly different. The Jags had some really good players on their roster, but they had a head coach that couldn't handle the NFL spotlight in Urban Meyer. It's pretty legendary, the level of meltdown that he went through while he was the head coach of that team, of uh, not traveling home with the team on numerous occasions. There were videos of him with younger women in clubs. As a married man, not exactly the kind of face forward that you want to have from your head coach of a professional sports team. In 2022... Enter Doug Peterson. And regardless of how you feel about the way his time in Philadelphia ended, in which there were allegations of organization-wide tanking, uh, <laughs> Doug Peterson is a good football coach who knows how an NFL team needs to be run, and that is evident by the fact that a team he coached made it all the way to the Super Bowl and won with Nick Foles, BDN, as their quarterback. You give him a team that just had us back-to-back number one overall picks. You hand him Trevor Lawrence, the ascending young superstar, and I think we can all agree that while we're perfectly happy with Jared Goff in most cases, we'd probably rather have Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> can, we, can we be that rational today? Can we have that as our main point of discussion? Uh, on that subject, at the very least, uh, like it's it's a very good spot to be in. It's just a matter of whether you have the right coaching staff in place to basically develop that player. And thinking that Doug Peterson, the guy who was the head coach for the best years of Carson Wentz's career, could probably be that guy isn't much of a stretch. Uh, top that off with the fact that the Jaguars have spent huge money on free agents in the last two years trying to get out of the position they were in as the worst team in the NFL legitimately when they got Trevor Lawrence. They bought their way out of their basement by basically purchasing a defense, spending all of the money on receivers and linemen, and just did everything they possibly could to get out of the position that they were in. Let's compare and contrast that with what the Detroit Lions have had to work with in that same amount of time. They have not spent more than $10 million a year 
on a free agent until this season with Cortland Sutton. 10's not a big number, folks, uh, particularly for a team who is having to buy players that frankly don't want initially to come there. Uh, that's I think we've gotten to a point where we're sort of past the hump on that one. But for the last two off seasons, this was not a destination free agents were particularly interested in coming. I think hard knocks had a huge impact on that as they saw a little bit more of Dan Campbell and company and the way that they interact with players. You know what I mean? Like it, it was a really good commercial for this organization. And I think that's because that's the way that they saw it was as an opportunity to show people, not just say that it was different here because every, every single front office that's come in here has said, that it was going to be different. And if you have even done things, you know what I mean? Like De Bob Quinn did upgrade the facilities for the, for the players to use. Like he saw that as something that needed to be fixed and he fixed it. So it's not like other, other regimes haven't done anything, but they haven't embraced something like hard knocks that, that was absolutely vital in changing the way that the league thinks about this team. Uh, the Lions have basically only really had drafting and developing as a means of improving the roster because until this season they did not have any luck getting free agents they desperately needed wide receivers josh reynolds took less money than the lions offered to go to the titans ended up on their practice squad got waived and came here anyway that's that's how reynolds got here it wasn't something where he was excited in the off season to come to detroit uh that's that's gone now, like I said. Now we are in a spot where because of hard knocks and the inside the den stuff that the team has done, I think people are kind of coming around on the Detroit Lions as a place that might actually want to play, even with other opportunities. You can't tell me nobody else in the league was going after Sutton. There's no way. So the two teams are in kind of a similar situation where they're young ascending rosters. They both were at the nine win rate last year. Although the Lions did stomp on the Jaguars during the regular season quite nicely. We're all, we were all very happy about that. Uh, yeah. Uh, but they got there in very different ways and they are not right now. I would say in the same spot for the same reasons, if that makes sense. Uh, there've been some changes since last year's game. Uh, so I'll just go over those quickly. Probably the biggest change to the Jacksonville Jaguars is the addition of Calvin Ridley. Uh, it cannot be overstated that they added a wide receiver one for pennies on the dollar. Last year, Christian Kirk outperformed basically what everybody thought he was going to do in the wake of sending a giant free agent contract with the Jags, but he will now be slotted as the number two wide receiver despite having had a great year last year. The wide receiver core they have last year was starting Marvin Jones, and we'll get to Marvin Jones again later as we discuss our own team. Uh, <laughs> but that's that's he's not a wide receiver one in the NFL. It, it just it, it's going to completely change the Jaguars' offense to have a receiver better than any that they had last year added to that group. It almost always does completely change the calculus on trying to defend an offense when you just add a blue chip player like Calvin Ridley to the offense. Uh, the Jaguars were pretty, pretty quiet this year. 
in free agency, unlike the previous two where they have been trying to buy a baseline of competency across their team. Uh, now they have it. So they didn't go spend a whole bunch of money. Ridley is honestly the biggest addition that they have. And they did that last season as well with a trade where they paid almost nothing for a great player who was the guy who got suspended last year for gambling, but he did it on his own team. So he got, he got suspended for the whole year. Their biggest free agent signing was probably their own guy in Evan Ingram, a tight end that fit in very well into their offense and losing him would have been quite a blow actually to, to what they do offensively would have been one less safety net for Trevor Lawrence, who was still at a stage in his career where having those safety nets is at the very least advisable, if not mandatory for the development of the quarterback. The biggest changes to the Lions roster are probably in the secondary. Um, I think we can actually take probably out of that sentence that they are absolutely in the secondary. There are two different starting corners than week one of last year and at least one different starting safety, if that makes sense. Uh, the addition of Sutton, Brand Branch, CJ Gardner-Johnson, getting Tracy Walker back. Everything is just kind of slotted into the place where ideally it would be slotted with a level of depth that the team just historically has not had. I mean, look at Tracy Walker. In 2021, he was the best player in that secondary, and it wasn't close. And this year, he's probably fourth or fifth on that scale, and that is a much better place to be. And then that's assuming that Tracy Walker is still the player he was before his Achilles injury, which watching him in practices, I couldn't really see any difference between what I had seen on tape and and what was happening right in front of me, like Tracy Walker looks like he's back and he's fine and he's going to be great, but he is not Ed Reed. <laughs> if you're feeling me, I got to say something other than if that makes sense once in a while. Uh, so you're feeling me, dogs. Uh, but you get my point, right? Tracy Walker was the absolute unquestioned leader of this secondary in 2021. And in 2023, on that pecking order, is he third or is he lower than that? Like, uh, we don't really know what they're actually going to do week one, but most of what I saw at practices had Tracy Walker with the second team. And I know AG told us to not get caught up in that, but we don't have other things to talk about at this point. So I'm still going to say things like that. Sorry, coach. The other big difference in the Lions since the last time they played the Jaguars is in the depth and age of their pass rushers. I've never seen a Lions team that was this deep in the pass rush. It's just a marvel to behold how much they have added and how much they have done in the last two years. We went from basically having Romeo Okwara and nothing and yeah, I'm going to call a certain well-overpriced free agent Paul Quinn signing. I'll just say his name. Trey Flowers was nothing in this defense. He's, he's a blue guy. He's, but in terms of the actual quality of what he brought to the table, it just was never going to be a fit for any dollar value. This isn't where he should be. And luckily, he's not anymore. 
for him and the team. They went from that, again, where Romeo Aguara was the number one pass rusher with a bullet, zero question, to a point where he is definitely not starting. And it is reasonable to start questioning whether there is a place for him. And that's in two seasons with the addition of Houston, Hutch, Pascal, the possible ascension of Julian Okwara, Charles Harris coming in as well. Like that's it. I'm not saying that Romeo Okwara is going to get cut. Obviously, I can't tell the future. I don't know what's happening. I'm not there every day in practice. And even if I was, let's be realistic. I don't know what they're asking him to do, which makes it possible for me to really tell him how well he's performing. That's the thing about all of these training camp reports. You don't, nobody knows what the guy is actually being asked to do when they judge his practice performance. You feeling me, dogs? <laughs> Regardless, whoever actually plays this week should match up extremely well with whoever they're playing against on the Jaguars. And that's a beautiful change to see in the last two years. I, I would take what we have at the pass rush position over what they have all day, every day, without a single question. And they have also spent a lot of resources at that spot. Matchups I want to read about. First thing, obviously, Sutton versus Ridley is something I am very interested to hear about. And the reports coming out of practice today are saying that uh, Ridley likes to talk, which also adds CJ Gardner Johnson to the list of people that are going to be interesting to see how they interact with, with Ridley. Uh, Actually, honestly, if you just go those three players and then you roll Christian Kirk into that as well, that is what I would be spending every second of my time at these practices watching if I were so lucky as to be able to go to them. I am not, unfortunately. I'd also like to see uh, Hutchinson versus Walker Little. I really think that that's going to be a, a fun practice matchup for, for everyone who gets to it to check that out hopefully we'll get to read some things about that like i said i'm not there so i don't get to, to tell you about it um obviously with the news today of Amon ross a brown going down with some kind of injury that we're all waiting with bated breath hoping that it is not anything that will make him miss time matchups on the other side are a little fewer and far between uh, i did also have Jameson Williams on this list of matchups I really wanted to watch, but he also came up limping at one point today. So maybe I'm, I'm fine with not seeing a lot of matchups with Jameson Williams, uh, because while at the end of the preseason, he is going to have three weeks of working out by himself before he gets to rejoin the team. I know it's a six week suspension. He gets to come back to the team after three weeks, just can't practice with them or play, but he's in the building which is good for everybody. Uh, him versus whoever he goes up against is something that's always a wonderful thing to watch uh, because it just, there are very few things on an NFL, even on an NFL practice field that make you just kind of stop and look at it and go like, that's really nice to watch. And, and one of those things 
is Jamison Williams running? Uh, another one that I don't think I've talked about is uh, sitting on the bleachers after practice with Chris, watching Hendon Hooker just throw balls was nice. That guy's delivery is just, if you were going to animate a quarterback delivery and you were just called for maximum beauty, that's, that's probably the one that you try to use, if that makes sense. But he's not matching up against anybody, so I'll stop gushing over the guy who was my number three QB in this draft <laughs> for just a moment here. Uh, back to what I was actually trying to talk about. Matchups. Brian Branch and Jamal Agnew are a matchup I'm super interested in. I want to watch Branch go against speed guys who don't really have anything else because it's the only thing he has trouble with as near as I can see, and it's something the teams are going to try to exploit. So that's something I hope we read a little bit about is reps of him versus that guy. And in a defensive rookie battle, uh, Jack Campbell versus Benton Strange, the uh, Penn State tight end, is a, a matchup I really, really would like to just be watching rep after rep after rep after rep of if I could wasn't expecting either of these two guys to go as high as they did in the draft, but uh, watching them go against each other, they're kind of the other side of the field equivalent to each other, if that makes sense. Like, I think that is going to be a really fun one for people to, to enjoy it when they get the chance. I'm going to talk a little bit more about the injuries. Uh, because I'm so excited about these two players. Like, is it weird that as the guy who gets accused constantly by people in the Slack chat of being an old grognard, obsessed with old school football and what's running constantly, that my two favorite players on this team are Amon Ross St. Brown and Jameis Williams. <laughs> you know, like I look at this and I'm like, this could be the Lions version of, of Jerry Rice and John Taylor, of Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne, of Tom Fears and Elroy Hirsch, of Randy Moss and Chris Carter. Uh, like I was giddy when both of these picks were made, like literally laughing like an insane child with joy, which isn't something for those of you who are much younger than me that happens that much as you get older. You know what I mean? Like you've just, you've seen a lot of new things that happen tend to just look like old things, but those two players going in back-to-back drafts, uh, I'm a huge fan of where this team is headed at that position because the potential for those two players on the same field is just so unbelievably high. Uh, with both of them getting injured, I don't know how much of them we're actually going to see in this game, so I'm not really going to talk any more about that, but that's what I was looking for as far as reports from Lions Jacks practices. That's what I want to hear about. That's what I want to see. So if any of you beat guys who were there are listening, I'd really appreciate it if you did me a solid and got that done. Thank you in advance. Have a great day. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. You've had enough of that shit.